Huzzah. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and um, this guy. I obviously just uh, towel-dried my beard. <laughs> Is that what you did? You towel-dried it? Jason well, I took a shower. So, so everybody, there's a couple things I want to say right now. First of all, welcome to Stuck at Home, the show starring yours truly and uh, Cliff Dorfman. Uh, and we uh, we just love shows and we want to share the stuff we love with you. Yep, we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, where to stream it, and what to stream. So yeah, you towel dried your beard. Nice. Oh yeah, well th that's what I was gonna say. So so Cliff Dorfman has got me on this fight camp regimen, right? Mm -hmm. So not only do we stereo all the time, not only do we 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 conversate about uh, our underpants all the time, but also <laughs> with for with for no other reason than it exists in our house, we have. Uh, one of those, it's like the Peloton for boxing. Basically, you punch, punch, and it tracks you, and there's a dude that tells you how good you're doing, um, even though he can't see you and doesn't really care. Uh, but he does shout imaginary people out all the time. Um, and so Cliff Dorfman has got me going at, uh, you know, about an hour before the show to do this, which is perfect because then I get all this energy. Look at me. I'm so Wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. Yeah, bushy-tailed because I have to take a shower afterwards because I stink and I sweat. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things. But uh, I was coming on. I was like, all right, we got to go. And uh, I just dried it. And then it all went sideways. So that's the, that's just what you're going to have to deal with today, folks. <laughs> it all went sideways. sideways beard. You look like you're close to being groomed again, though. I feel like I Stephanie's going to help out soon. Yeah. It, <laughs> is that code for? <laughs> I feel like you're looking really freaky and your wife is going to give you an intervention. <laughs> yeah, I feel yes, like eventually Stephanie's going to be well, like, no. Well, and this is part of the thing, and I, I was thinking about this as uh, as we were talking about our new guest, our next guest, who uh, you know, who who uh, represents, uh, he does actual news, but mm -hmm. animated. And I was thinking, you know, I need to work myself into the animated news world, right? Maybe work up my, the, my way from an animated uh, intern, you know, get the animated coffee, you know, eventually get to be on the animated copy desk, and uh, you know, do a little <laughs> bit of writing, not nothing major. Uh, eventually, get myself into like a animated reporter role. And eventually to the animated anchor desk. It's going to take a long time, but then I won't ever have to worry about beard drawing again. Um, you so. going to replace James Smartwood? <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to replace. This is a Ron Burgundy situation. This is not a time to try and. <laughs> this is not. This is not the world we live in. Not the animated world we live in. The animated world we live in now. We uh -huh. sit together next to each other in animated harmony. Yes. Yes. By the way, this is also COVID proof. Yes, exactly. It this is. really is. It's it's funny. I run. I work at. Uh, I run Starburns Audio. Right. You guys know that. Everybody out there in the yeah, world. You don't, you don't. Well, you do a lot you of doing? work. But you do run. Uh, yeah. And that then um, and then it with, works with Dan Harmon and Starburns Audio, uh, Starburns Industries, and all this animated stuff. And now I just need to get my title as animated CEO. Right. Just be animated there, and so I can just come in as a cartoon. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. telling you, we're going to find out about this tech. I, I did some research on what they're using, so I think we can incorporate it with you. This, uh, this character animation. I think it's it called, looks it looks does. much better than my stereo avatar. <laughs> but I am very excited to talk to RJ. Um, you know, I'll let you do the intros, but uh, this is going to be fun. I just was thinking it's interesting though. This week, right? We have Robert Kirkman on, who's got Invincible. Right, the comic book guy, animation, and his new show, and animated, and now with Paramount Plus, we have tuning out the news, animated. But from Stephen Colbert, that R.J. Freed is the you know executive producer and showrunner, and you know uh, Mr. Smartwood, who is yeah. the actual anchor. He's the Ron Burgundy of this circus. Okay, and we'll get into it. But what's dope is they break real news and big news, and it's pretty fucking cool. So, um, without any further ado, um, yes. I just like to welcome R.J. Freed. Yes. RJ Freed. What's Thank up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Are you? 
Yeah, we're doing great here. We're we're very lucky in, in animation world, as you guys were kind of hinting at. We're we've been very fortunate to uh, to keep keep this all going during uh, all this uh, terribleness. So yeah, things are good. Yeah, you know. I, I, so I want to jump like, like I like to do with my guests, especially the ones that interest me. I want to jump back, you know, like before we walk work our way back up to this Paramount right. Plus thing. Okay. Yeah, RJ. Oh, just so go. you know, if uh, <laughs> if he just skips ahead, he's like, "Hey, can we talk about the the last episode of your show?" It means yeah. we're just trying to get out of here quick. So yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I got a lot to say I'm to you. Turn it off if I hear it. No, I have a lot for us to talk about. Let me tell you, RJ. Uh, okay. First of all, where are you from? Uh, I grew up in a town called Indiana, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour outside of Pittsburgh, Jimmy Stewart's hometown, old coal mining town. And uh, yeah, but eventually, you know, moved off. So is it the coal mining that gives you your athleticism? Is it the, the toughness that you grew up with? Because, I mean, where you went to college and you being an athlete, right? This is all true. You were a long stick midi for lacrosse oh. and... Yeah, I was this is a long, bullshit. No, I was. Uh, I I played uh, ice hockey and lacrosse in in college, and uh, I don't. I mean, I, I guess uh, you know it was. I'll, I'll tell a little story here. I Please. I you know my my background is is Jewish, and I thought I was one of these rare uh, Jewish athletes that you don't hear a lot about. My <laughs> father just found out, like. Uh, months ago, like like very recently, that actually, and my father was an athlete too. He was a, he was a gold medalist at the Maccabee Games, which is like the Jewish Olympics. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah. Found in out what event? Wait, in what uh, event? High jump, in the high jump. Oh, uh, shit. All right, go on. So it, it, you know, so a couple months ago, my father gets a call uh, out of nowhere. Turns out, my father's father wasn't his biological father, and we actually have. We're actually not. Yeah, we we thought we were like this very special <laughs> breed of Jewish athlete. It turns out there's uh, there's some Scottish and and some other you know ethnicities in there. My father has yet to give back his uh, his Maccabee medal yet, but uh, so yeah, we're uh, how's he doing? Finding out that it's not his biological dad. Your dad's all right. He's okay. <laughs> I mean, they they've long passed. It was just very. I can't believe they passed. Like never revealing this to to him. And, you know, I grew up thinking my grandfather was my grandfather, turns out. But then the thing yeah. that was amazing is we, like, got a – this is all, like, a one of these 23andMe, you know, yeah. investigation stories. We got the picture of my father's biological dad, and you think, you're so suspicious. Like, this could be someone, like, someone's trying to get some money, or what is this scam? And it's, like, my father's twin. It just <laughs> – so it was, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't grow up with your dad. Yeah, <laughs> at uh, all. <laughs> so, uh, so my, you know, I, I, I think that's might be where it, there, there's some, and it turns out that my biological grandfather was a a tri varsity athlete in college. So that might have been where it came from. So, okay. So, so by the way, I'm I'm a Jew. So I'm I'm Ashkenazi. I was adopted. You so I have. Yep, I have half Scottish though okay. too. The other half oh, is really? Scottish. Wow. Yeah, is yeah. No, that's what I was saying. As yeah. you were saying, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I found out from ancestry, but yeah, 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 I always, I always knew. I'm like, look at me. I'm definitely not all <laughs> Jew. The mother's side was Jew, but no, the rest of me, I was like, no, something went off here. So, yeah. okay, so you're an athlete, and you're a good athlete because you're playing hockey. You is this true that you were drafted like third round? Something, to, something with the Ducks. Am I crazy in hearing this, or is that true? Uh, yeah, so in 2000, I graduated high school. I was drafted by the Florida Panthers in the third round uh, of the of the NHL draft, and uh, yeah, I was pretty serious about hockey for for you know a very long time, and played a little bit after college, and then decided to go into uh, to do this racket. 
Okay, wait, I want to understand something. So you get out of high school, right? And you get drafted by the Panthers? Yeah. So you, you decide you're going to play hockey and not go to college at that point? No, I, um, you, in the, in hockey, you can get drafted and still go to college. I, I'm not sure every pro sports that way. Uh-huh. Um, like you can enter the draft with, and still go to college. So Florida essentially had my rights through college. Actually the, the trivia is, and it, it kind of, I'll explain why it sucks is you know, <laughs> like the blockbuster Pavel Bure trade in yeah. you fall hockey, but like when he went from Vancouver Canucks, to the Florida Panthers, right? Huge trade, uh, one of the biggest trades in the '90s, whatever. And so they traded Pavel Bure in a third-round draft pick in 2000. Okay, I ended up being that draft pick. So now, whenever it oh. says you ever see these write-ups about like blockbuster trades in the NHL, it's always Pavel Bure and 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 Robert Freed, which is my my full name, followed by like and that. That asshole never worked out. So <laughs> whatever. So like every five years, I'll get like a Google alert just saying like you know how I never made, mounted to anything. So that's that's only like downside of it. But, yeah, you never mounted anything, so you ended up going to Harvard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was just saying. I'm just saying. So you, you get drafted in a professional sport. Period. I don't. I don't give a shit what sport it is. Now you end up going to Harvard, right? So you were already accepted to Harvard at this point, and. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I was already accepted. Yeah. Is that always like your, your number one school where you're like, I'm going to Harvard? Uh, I, I looked at all the, you know, there's some hockey's one of those sports where there's uh, a lot of great schools have great hockey teams. Uh, you know, Harvard's and, you know, you got the bean pot. It's got a great hockey tradition. They won the national championship in, in 89 and, um, and obviously, you know, a great school. So it was always kind of, it's, it's a special school in that way. And they, they, they have good teams. I mean, we were the we were like top ten by like I think my sophomore junior senior year, we were like top ten uh, in the country and they've uh, they've gone to the Frozen Four since then they're, they're solid solid teams yeah see we learn stuff here at Stuck at Home this is what it's about so yeah. so well because you're an interesting guy this is not I, I don't do this randomly I, I actually have a have a weird method to this so at this point when you go into Harvard do you know that you want to study government. Um, no, I don't, you know what happened? Yeah, and no, tell me this is going to get real serious is uh, September 11th happened my sophomore year when uh, we were, we were choosing our, our majors and suddenly, you know, government was very much in the headlines. And I honestly wanted to understand what the hell was going on. And, you know, um, so yeah, I, I shifted. I was always a math and science guy for whatever reason and, and shifted into, into government. So you're, you're now studying government. You're trying to learn what the hell's going on with, with our country. And how does this lead to writing comedy? Because now you're, you're entering an entire new stratosphere of, of stuff. So yeah. Tell me this. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I probably have the, had the feeling that I think most comedy writers have, which is this feeling like you're, um, you're I don't know, uh, square peg, round hole in the world. Uh, I don't know, you feel weird. And Running like, a loud cider. Yeah, a little, yeah. And <laughs> you know, in the hockey locker room, you're just, there's, you know there's something off here and you're not thinking the same way as your teammates. Uh, and, yeah, and so... Uh, and I remember, I remember, uh, I never did the lampoon. I was, I was focused on the sports stuff, but I do remember reading the lampoon uh, for the first time and thinking, "Oh my God, this is like these these people think like I do," and 
feeling like, oh, I, I don't feel weird anymore. This is my community. Um, yeah. And so I started writing for what, what was like the onion of Harvard. And uh, yeah, but didn't know I was going to make a profession till, till later. Yeah. So is that like uh, the onion? Is that like the hasty puddings aspect of it? Or is that a different thing entirely? They have the lampoon. They have, I wrote for Satire 5, it was called, which was, it was like the onion. I, I think there's people who, I know like Dan Mintz wrote for it. I don't know if you know Dan mm. Mintz from Bob's Burgers. And, um, and then there's also Hasty Pudding, which is a separate performance thing, um, which, which, which I never did. But yeah, they've, they've got a lot going on there. So you graduate Harvard. You're now drafted by a major NHL team and you decide, I'm going to try to get into a field where the success rate's about half a percent. Uh, yeah, it was it was scary. I mean, I played hockey for a little bit. I signed a uh, ATO, which was like an amateur trial with the uh, Ottawa Senators um, at the time. And was actually, I graduated the lockout year. So all the, oh yeah, it was it was great because at training camp, all the uh, they allowed certain NHL guys to play with the AHL teams. The AHL was still operating, which is like the, the AAA, whatever league. And so uh, I was up in with the uh, Binghamton was Ottawa's farm team. I did the rookie camp up in Ottawa, which is so fun. And then, you know, they sent me to the AAA club. But like Jason Spezza was there. Uh, Dominic Hasek was there. Oh, wow. I don't know if you know. So Hasek is one of the all-time yeah, goaltenders. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was there, got to Go. play with uh, some, some really – great players. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but you know, at some point just felt like, uh, you know, it's, it's NHL careers, you know, if you make it, the average career is like five years, maybe it's not that long. And, um, you know, I have a lot of buddies who went, I've had like my old line mate, old uh, roommate on the road, Dominic Morrowind had a 10 plus year career, um, but there's also guys who grind it out at the AAA level, and then, you know, it's you're you're entering the workforce at a pretty uh, at, a, at a higher age, and thought, you know, I want to get this going sooner than later. Yeah. So in essence, the NHL really did prepare you for the shit you had to go put up with getting into a comedy writing career. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only issue is like mentally, you, for sure. the The thing is that when you come out of when you come out of that school, all your friends go off and get rich very quickly. <laughs> And well, that's kind of what I was getting to, buddy. <laughs> so yeah. You took the other route, the long way to get rich. Uh, it it was it was ugly for me, <laughs> and it was ugly and it was embarrassing, and I couldn't go. You know, I couldn't go to the the weddings, and I and I couldn't. Uh, when, when I met my wife, I there was one point where like the only uh, credit card I had that worked was for a gas station, so I'm eating. <laughs> Uh, breakfast at Mobile. Do you remember Soup Plantation? You must know Soup Plantation. Oh, I love Soup Plantation, by the way. All right, so you go there at like eleven thirty. You eat every lately like eight muffins, and then you're good for for the day. Like that that was the plan. Um, but yeah, meanwhile, you know, I, I I had buddies who went off and just started making a lot of money, and uh, that was always like, oh shit, what what am I? Oh, okay, can I see? Uh, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Uh, well, yeah, uh, please what, continue. Uh, what am you know? What am I doing? Is is this gonna you know? This could be a, a call to sack for all I know. Right. So you're grinding it out now. You're not making money. You're eating at soup plantation. And then what's your first kind of break? Because I mean, your resume yeah. is incredibly. You're three time Emmy nominated. You won a WGA award. You've worked with Sasha Baron Cohen. Baron Cohen. I mean, this is not a joke. Your career. This is serious stuff. So I'm uh, interested. Yeah. Tell me. Uh. My first break was um, 
I had submitted for some animation studio, I think through Improv Olympic, uh, there was like some like whatever bulletin or something, uh, animation studio that turned out to be run by uh, Dave Thomas of SCTV, uh, uh, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Dave uh, ended up hiring me and my cousin who I was writing with at the time, who's a, who's now a, a very working writer, Jared Miller. And uh, we, we developed a couple of shows together uh, one for MTV, then a Bob and Doug adaptation for for global TV in Canada, and uh, yeah, that was kind of you know that was your entree. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the you know the the first validation that I might not be insane for doing this. And this is you had already been at UCB in in New York, right? And studying? Not, not yet. No, I just moved to LA and was just you know, writing the specs and the, and the sketches and sending them to friends and all that stuff. Uh, so I hadn't yet moved to, so what happened was after Popzilla got canceled at MTV, um, my wife and I had always just want to live in New York. We never got to do that. And she's from Rhode Island. And so uh, we just picked up and, and went to New York. I mean, but that was very, like, this was New York in, I guess, 2009 when like, there just wasn't, that many shows. I mean, there was like five or six shows in New York now. And they were all law and order. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't funny enough for law and order. So, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was just the late night shows and then some like 30 rock and, um, wasn't a lot going on. And so it was, uh, those were some lean tough years of being like, Oh man, did I make a massive uh, mistake here? But I mean, now there's tons of work in, in New York. So so yeah. that's when you decided to move back to LA. <laughs> you know, like uh, well, to back. I stuck it out in New York and eventually got staffed on, on late show with David Latterman. Uh, also hooked up with Robert Smigel uh, for night of too many stars and then got to work with him for a bunch of years. And um, you know, when like hearing, like I'll never forget getting an email from Robert Smigel saying like, Hey, this is a funny idea. It's, it was like the most <laughs> Like you could, I could, I can still take it to my grave. Like, it's just like to get a validation from that kind of person is just, uh, you know, he, he's a true genius. And I remember feeling like, you know, it, it kept me going through, through many struggles, just knowing that, you know, okay, Robert Smile thought something yeah. it was funny. Uh, I have a couple of those. I'm not going to lie. I have a couple yeah, of those yeah. where people have said things to me that I kind of idolize and think of geniuses yeah, yeah, and yeah. I keep them for the gray days. Of course, of course. You're, you could you're welcome for that, Cliff, by the way. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Jason Smith. Yeah. Okay, so you start at an animation place, though, which I find interesting. And yeah. now, here we are, Paramount Plus, second yeah. season, you're tuning out the news, and you are exec producing, you are show running, and you are also playing the main anchor, Mr. Smartwood, right? I mean, this is yeah. no small feat that you're doing. So how are you liking wearing the three hats? Um. Uh, Good. I mean, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's (laughs) a very intense show. I mean, like all of TV, it's, it's, there's massive creative demands. And so the showrunners tend to be writers, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot. You could, I think one thing I learned very early on doing this is that you, you could work 24 hours a day. It's not a matter of like how much work there is. It's, you have to choose hour by hour. What is the best use of my time? Cause you're not going to be able to do it all. And so that's kind of the day is, is like, you're just kind of, uh, 
you know, triaging all the different things that are going on. Um, and, you know, it's, you don't always get it right too, and, and things will fall through the cracks. And so uh, it, it's a great problem to have, but, uh, you know, this show particularly, it's, it's a very demanding, demanding show. I think there's just one thing I want to bring up. So your wife, her name's Connie, right? Am I, am I right about that? Or did I get What's that my wife's name? Connie? Connie? No, yeah. Rachel. Fuck. I thought I'd have it. Okay, Rachel. She is yeah. obviously a saint, by the way. Oh, just, no, yeah, yeah. No, she, she uh, uh, if we ever get divorced, she's got a, a pretty strong case. She, she, <laughs> uh, she financed me pretty heavily in those, in those lean years. And so, uh, and now, you know, it, it's hard to, I have two kids and it's, it's hard to do everything. And so uh, she's, yeah. she's truly, truly stepped up and, and there was those moments that it seems like you were referring to where it's like, I'm not sure this is going to work out and stuck with me, made sure I kept going at it. And then even looking back, I still to this day think she was crazy for, for believing that this could work out. Uh, but, you know, obviously she, so she's got the bragging rights of, of having, uh, you know, thought this would, would, would happen. That's why I just wanted to take a moment to, to bring it up because it's, it's yeah. obviously, I mean, you need a great partner. Yeah. I really do believe this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I want to talk a little about your day. Okay. You yeah. start your day, you get into the, do you go to the office now? No, we are completely remote. Okay. So you wake up, do you wake up Are you an early riser? Is it like, tell me your process. So um, we've actually shifted it back because everyone is mostly based on the East Coast. We used to, the animation studio used to be out of the Ed Sullivan Theater where they tape Late Show. Uh -huh. um, so I actually used to fly, uh, I would fly out Monday night, fly back Friday for a couple of years. Wow. Um, and then COVID hit and we transfer. you know, now it's completely remote and which has been, obviously COVID has been horrible. It's, uh, you know, for, for, uh, I've been very fortunate. I've gotten to work from home and, and see my kids and, and everything. Right. Uh, so, um, so the day is because it's East Coast. You know, uh, we're talking. We shifted it back now. Now it's like six forty-five is the first meeting, and it, it, probably very similar to any late-night show. We got our our editorial meeting. We have our writers' meeting, production meeting, uh, rewrites, jump into record. Um, and then it's editing and, uh, you know, getting ready for the next day throughout the evening. So it starts at probably, you know, you wake up at 6 a.m., hopefully in bed by uh, maybe 11 a.m. that night. Um, 11 p.m. Yeah, 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah, you're working uh, straight through. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's intense. It's intense. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, for sure. Now you say editorial meeting. So are you gonna, are you sitting there on a Zoom and is everyone going through all the papers and talking about the news and CNN and MSNBC? Are you, how, yeah. Is it just an overload dump? Like what, what's happening? So we have a research team. We got we got three people who are incredible. They you know they all come from you know like news and and done some comedy background. You know I, I worked at MSNBC for Lawrence O'Donnell's show for a couple of years and really respect like people from that background. You've got to be so on top of your news and really understand an issue. We have people from that world. They do, you know, research packet. We go through it and, uh, you know, they've looked at tape. They've looked at editorials, tweets. They've looked at everything. Um, and that kind of uh, me, uh, Zach Smilovitz, Mike Leach, the two ed writers, Naima Pierce, who is our supervising writer, we, we kind of plan out the editorial for the day. Okay, but it's a little different, right? Because when you did my cartoon president, you would have to go back, let's say, and switch whole episodes after things would change, right? In the yeah, presidency. Yeah. But now yeah. you're doing it day to day. Like, so yeah. how yeah, hard we, is it to get it right? And I'm uh, it's easier now 
with okay. Joe Biden because he's not doing it. Yeah, he's not insane. And uh, you know, with Trump, it was always you had to constantly have your eye on Twitter. Um, we we don't get burned as much. So now that's part of the reason we used to tape at noon. I'd have to wake up at 4 a.m. to get ready for the day. Now we tape at yeah. 3 p.m. Gives us a little more coverage uh, in case something happens. But that said, it's uh, because it's animation. We can grab pickups. We can update the show. Um, we haven't had a something where it's like, okay, the show just doesn't work because of something that happened. So far, we've been able to to recover okay. And if we know like Biden's press conference is going to be, uh, uh, I guess, tomorrow, right. uh, we know what time it is. We're going to plan the show after, make sure we're we're covering it. So it's it's like a late night cable news hybrid. Well. With the tech, though, right? I know you're doing something with Adobe with like cartoon characterization or something with the, with the tech. Is this the? Yeah. Are you guys James Cameroning it? Like, are you making your own software and having to figure out new stuff to do? It's because you're so rushed in putting it together, yeah. and it comes off so professional. So I'm, I'm blown away. I want to understand this a little better. Yeah, I, I, so I, I have to give credit to a few people. I mean, Adobe has this really great software called Character Animator that allows us to do uh, what we do. Uh, Tim Lukey is the driving force behind that. He was at, uh, you know, Colbert Report, then Late Show, and now he's kind of really runs all the animation side. Uh, and so what happened, it, it's, these guys are really incredible. I mean, we've gotten to the point where once record wraps, we have a show by, you know, like four or five hours after animated. Uh, and we record like, wow. we record like 15 minutes of animation. So, the basics are that while we're recording and we're in like a Zoom window with the guest, um, we have performers who are performing and recording remotely. Um, we also have animators all over the country who are actually, it's like a mocap uh, thing with the characters. Simultaneously? Simultaneously performing the character as the record goes. And so after the record, that gets married up, the audio and video. You know, we do the clap, we do everything, all that stuff. And uh, and then the next thing, we, the only thing we have to fix is the lip sync. That's that's the thing that takes the most time, believe it or not, is making sure the, if the lip syncs off, it, it just, it, it, it bumps you. So, uh, and then there's the edit, cutting it down, you know, making sure it has a good pace. Uh, but it comes together very quickly. And uh, I'm pretty blown away with how production it's not. It, I, I didn't. I didn't build that. Uh, that that was Tim Lukey and our producer Nicole Savini, who've who've created a train that just. Uh, it's it's really incredible with its own. Well, it's beyond incredible because I mean, you ever see the uh, South Park documentary that was yeah. out? Like, oh know? yeah, for and sure. I, I thought it was incredible that they were able to do that in a week. Yeah, I mean, it's if we you know, there's a re we one th the biggest mistake I think people who are trying to make animated shows make. I guess like this is they go for a look that is that the production just can't handle. If if the look is too sophisticated, the more the more sophisticated the look, the more it's going to labor it's going to require to make look right and look funny and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, you have to. I mean, the South Park people. There's a reason that show was designed like that. Uh, I mean, well, I guess it goes back to these the cardboard cutouts, but it's like the more sophistication, the longer it's going to take. Uh, the weirder it will look if if you don't spend a lot of time on it. So uh, we, you know, you start with okay, we want the show to be out to finish that night. What is the design that's going to allow that? The biggest right. mistake people make is they work the other way around and it doesn't work. You know, right? So you, in in essence, you limit yourself to get the most. Yeah, so, yeah. And and the, by the way, the animation looks amazing. I, I'm curious, what 
do the guests see? Are they seeing you? They're not seeing your animation character, are they? No, they can. We can do that. For example, when the Virtue Signal cast appeared on The Late Show, Colbert saw a live animation of them. That said, the lip sync isn't great, whatever. But our guests typically, to kind of simplify things, we just give them a card that shows the characters. Because a big thing we ran into initially was mm-hmm. people thought we were splicing in footage. It was That was a big problem. And we would send... Mm-hmm you know, clips around people. Oh, that's really, oh, that's very nice. And you say, no, 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 that person was like, Alan Dershowitz was there. Rick Wilson was there. And it'd be like, you know, this, this big reaction. And so Colbert actually went to Twitter and was like, Hey, I heard people think this is, this is fake or we splice it in and we, we right. don't, it's real. So we kind of have been telling the guests like, Hey, can you use the characters names, interact with them just to cue our audience that that that's actually happening. So they see a card with the, with the characters and their names uh, is what they see. I kind of yeah. like you had the plusy dance on uh, someone's hand. I was seeing that. Oh, so, oh right. yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if uh, it's, I, I have yet to talk to uh, the higher ups at uh, Paramount plus of whether they enjoyed plusy, but uh, it was something <laughs> that, that uh, that we thought I enjoy know, it. <laughs> hey, me too, very much. Here's the thing, it, you know, it's uh, news opera. The part of like tuning out the news is like satirizing cable news networks. Cable news networks operate in a you know business corporate environment, which is not ideal. That's, that's not necessarily that's going to corrupt in, or, or shape in some way what the editorial is. And so uh, the best thing we can do as, I would say, as satirists, I'm trying to satirize that, is just embrace it and say, yep, it's here. Uh, we're having fun with it. And we, we do it. We make up. Uh, we make up. Last night we had a, a fake uh, Amazon sponsorship. Uh, AstraZeneca <laughs> sponsoring tonight's show. Uh, I don't know if they know it yet. Uh, but they, uh, you know to just embrace this and at least satirize, you know, the thing we are making fun of other places for. It's, it's fantastic. Let me ask you something off the cuff though. Do you think the uh, term Hollywood activist is an oxymoron? Hollywood activist. Why, why, why do you think it's an oxymoron? I, I feel like, what are you doing? You're in Hollywood. Yeah. Are, you, are you really being an activist? Is it like, can you be both? It feels like too slanted to me. Uh, One cancels out the other. Hollywood has a very succinct agenda and activism doesn't seem to fit in. So to me, it seems oxymoron, but you're having a lot of them on this season, right? You're going to give me a show, Cliff. I don't know why you're trying to do that. Are you purposely trying to take him down? Jesus, Cliff. What is he doing? I get him in trouble with everybody. He does this sometimes. I cry, RJ. Like I said, I have to give him a lot of positive reinforcement so he doesn't do this. I'm going to leave him on his own. He's really setting up a trap of some sort. (laughs) Just what names? Just give me names, RJ. No. um, (laughs) Just tell me names. Well, here's here's what I will say. I mean, it's uh, we take our credibility uh, very seriously on the show. If you're going to make fun of people for all this different stuff, you can't. You know, you got to have a lot of credibility. We, we fact check the show. We look at a guest. We try to think as critically as possible. We don't we don't like to let people off, you know, off the hook. And so, uh, you know, every once in a while we'll go after someone. Uh, I'm sure Rick Wilson probably would, would want to take back his appearance on the show. Uh, and uh, but, you know, there's other people who are doing really great work out there. That's those are the best shows because we get to be the idiots. And uh 
and you know you get to do the Stephen Colbert the character, mm. the Sasha Baron Cohen the character, uh, the Triumph the Insult Comic Dog thing, where it's like the jokes on us, and you're actually doing some really cool things out there. That's 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 the best. Have I have I dodged your question? Enough? Yeah, perfectly. By the way, like CIA grade. Yeah, um, but how does it feel? Like I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like you know, with with you know, it's still news, and you guys are still adhering to everything, and to be able to break something. Yeah. You know, you've been talking about the you know the Lincoln Project for a long time and having yeah. Rick up there and being able to do that. How does it feel better like to be able to do it as an animated person like oh. a, on a comedy show than you know straight oh, news? That's, I, that's that's the magic trick of the whole thing. You know, it's there's a reason uh, Colbert the character, Triumph and Soul Comic Dog, Sasha Baron Cohen as these characters. Um, and us as, as animated characters, there's something about animation where it washes over you in a different way. And I mean, South Park is, is, is just the, you know, is exactly that. And especially like, I have to say, like, we feel so fortunate because like, there's some dark stuff out there right now. Like it's ugly out there and it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always been ugly, but we've been able, I feel like to go really dark in a way that is still, um, consumable for the audience because we got characters and we got we got colors and they and they're just there's something funny about it so uh yeah there's something about that mass that that actually really helps uh, and allows us to really push it there's things we get to do that i don't think a human face could do yeah <laughs> that's a great question jason i guess jason does win the show so there you go uh well so I, I won that a long time ago for for coming in and congratulating you on uh, my uh, my blessing <sighs> Yes. <laughs> so, I, Leslie, what are you going to say, RJ? No, I don't want to get in between whatever's going on here. Uh, no, the, we're going to deal with it after the show, RJ. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we have fun. We do. All right. So, now, being at Paramount Plus, how, how are you enjoying the creative freedom? Because you need a lot of freedom to do this show. And plus, you yeah. know, it's still a big corporation, and they seem like they're letting you do whatever you want to do. I I give them a lot of credit. I mean, it's it's partially, you know... Stephen Colbert is, you know, has so much credibility with his audience. Uh, that show is like, you know, church for so many people. And uh, I think we feel a deep responsibility to honor that credibility and still have it. Uh, yes, uh, CBS does have that reputation. I cannot believe the stuff they let us do. They're, they're, uh, and I'm not just saying that because they signed my paychecks. It's, it's, uh, it's great. They, they've really let us uh go pretty very far with the comedy, you know, everything has to be defensible. We're not here to like, I don't want to just do throw a grenade just to throw a grenade, you know, it's like, but we ask ourselves, Hey, this isn't maybe an ugly thing to say, but that's the truth and we can defend it. Uh, then we're going to go for it. And, and, you know, Stephen Colbert and Chris Licht who run the late show, they're, they're, you know, usually behind us. There's certain things we talk out. Uh, but you know, if it's the right thing to do, I, I give Paramount Plus credit. They've they've let us do it, and you know, it's uh, I feel, feel like that that resonates with people. They feel like they're getting something honest in their uh, in their you know streaming show. Yeah. It does resonate because I, I I have to say I'm shocked. You know, I mean, listen, Paramount yeah. Plus does a lot of great stuff, but they're, to to give this show especially the birth, the wide birth that you guys have, awesome. you people have, it, it's beyond. I, I mean, especially given their you know Paramount Viacom, it's like you know, CBS. It's just yeah, yeah. I'm blown away by it. I have to tell you. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you, are you do you want merch? What are you trying to get off of Paramount Plus right now? I don't really give a shit. 
Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, what I'm saying is I actually am always open to saying when I expect the least and I get yeah, a lot more. Good. That's, that was their tagline for a while. CBS expect the least and people don't. But the, uh, on the same page. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's, it's a competitive environment out there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good shows and it's like, if you're going to compete with, uh, you know, uh, Amazon did the, the Bo Rap movie, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Oliver over at HBO, who's doing incredible work. Uh, if you're going to compete with, you know, and then obviously like South Park, if you're going to compete with that, you gotta, you gotta go for it. Um, you know, and like I said, your, your audience can sense when you're not, when, when you're telling bullshit. And, and, uh, one of the big things I admired about Jon Stewart all those years is just like every night you knew Jon Stewart was going to give you something It was going to be original and it was going to be what he really thought and it was going to be well researched. And, you know, that's, that's what we go for. And hopefully people see, you know, feel that when they watch the show. It 100% comes through. I mean, RJ, I, I can't thank you enough for being here and spending all this time with us. And so, so this is now season two, uh, tuning out the news, Paramount plus, Yes, Paramount Plus. Yeah, watch it. You can't. You how many how many episodes around now? Oh, a lot because we do them four days a week. Uh, we did uh, nice. twenty nine our twenty nine times four, so over a hundred our first season. We got another twenty times four, so eighty coming. Uh, oh. And there's there's a lot of it. So wow. uh, check it out, please. Fantastic, RJ. Thank you so much, man. Thank, thank you so awesome. much. This is awesome. You guys Enjoy um, whatever um, doctor's office you're in right now. And uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I like that. So wait, you, you get a shot in at me and then you get a shot. <laughs> no, I want to go five more minutes. Yeah, head <laughs> That's how it works. We'll That's my me. job. I just come in, I shoot, I go. Yeah, Jesus. Right. Right. <laughs> Let me pick up yours, Jason. <laughs> The writer's on it right away. <laughs> Mine's just a disaster. I'm just a mess. I'm just staying out of whatever's going on between you two. RJ, it's so great to meet you and get to hang out with you today. Uh, you are amazing, and we love the show, and uh, thank you so much. Seriously, thank right. you, RJ. Right, Seriously. Thanks, brother. Bye. Bye, RJ. RJ Freed, ladies and gentlemen. What a great dude. What a, what a good sense of humor. Yeah. What a mensch. What a funny, funny guy. Like, what's awesome about RJ... Is because he kind of came on here nice and quiet, and he like, you know, and and, and then it, as he goes and feels more comfortable, it's like joke, 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 boom, boom, boom. Oh yeah, he's like damn, that guy's got it. Like he's so funny. Oh yeah, you see why he's where he's at. It's oh, not, man. you know, and why the show is, and they have so many good people on that show. The virtue signaling uh, segment is is just hysterical. It, it, great people find great people. I, yeah. I really do believe that. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, and <laughs> here's one thing that I'll say about that though. Um, like, and I think about it, like, can you imagine like the show is amazing. That is so much be the writer, the creator, the producer. And then with all that animation stuff, uh, that is a busy job. It's that is a busy. Yeah, you think you're busy. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't think I'm busy at all, man. Like manage, <laughs> two kids. manage animation. And that's it. Not, it's not like it's a weekly show. It's not like it's a, it's not a John Oliver. Four it's times a week. Four times a week. It's incredible. I'm so impressed by what him and everybody over there put together. It's amazing. Yeah, it really and is. And it's funny. And they break news. I don't know how the hell they do it. I got to mm. tell you, I'm not cut out for that shit. You know what they do? They have to stay soft. I, I was wondering how you're going to segue. What you do is you wake up at four in the morning, and if you put your meandi, your meandies on in the at night before you go to bed, right? 
You can you wake up in them. Yeah, just make, take a little shower. Take a shower, shower at night, night. Put, get near me on these. Cuddle into bed. Wake up and you're like, I'm so soft. I don't want to get out of bed, but I can because that softness isn't my sheets. It's not my, you know, it's, it's not my bed. It's, it's on me. I yeah. am the sheets. I am the softness. I live the softness. So I'm up at four in the morning, living the softness, drinking coffee or cocaine or whatever, drinking cocaine and getting ready for work, right? Writing shit, watching news. And by the way, you know, me and these sponsors tuning out the news. Did you know that? I did know that. I, not really. I'm going to pretend <laughs> I did because I'm so yeah. big into me undies. They yeah, sponsor, of course they do. Yeah. They sponsor tuning out the news. I mean, that's how real what you're saying is. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I also sponsor tuning out the news, but I, not really, but I would <laughs> if I could. I that do pay my pay. I have a Paramount Plus, but not for tuning out the news. But now it is. Now, now it is. But it was because my wife makes me watch Big Brother videos, um, like the the live uh, feeds. But you know, that's only like for a little say while. Makes me, makes me. You love it, it is makes me. If you want to hang out with my wife, sometimes I just have to sit there in my meandies. <laughs> in your meandies. Meandies.com. Offer code stuck. Fifteen percent. Meandies.com. Offer code stuck. You know, drink a little co- co- coffee, cocaine. Watch the watch the live coffee, feeds cocaine. and then catch. Catch uh, the catch the news on uh, yep. Paramount Plus. That's that's how I roll. And by the way, it's a great way to roll. And if you want to get crazy, which is not that crazy, it's actually kind of pragmatic. Nineteen ninety nine a month. Do the membership. If you don't like it, by the way, anything you order from there you don't like, you get to keep it. They'll send you your money back. Yeah. They don't care. That's how confident they are. Just get soft. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> get soft. And RJ, again, thank you so much and for being such a good sport. I we were you were amazing. Um, yeah. What a cool show and what a great thing you guys do. I just want to remind everybody, Friday, we're talking on stereo. I'm going to do some stereo talking. And um, we do it all the time. Uh, We got a lot of great shows. So Cliff and I do a show on Friday. We do Stuck at Home over there. I'm trying to figure out a way to bring that to the the live stream at the same time. But for now, just come over there and talk. We got a lot of fun stuff. And also, right before that, I play a fun movie game with my boy, Kyle Ayers. Kyle Ayers. We do do a little... uh, we do a little, uh, we do a little movie thing. We do a little movie game. It's a lot of fun. So we have a little fun beforehand, and and, and it's just a great little Friday way to hang out and talk to everybody. You can um, you can comment in, you can talk with us, uh, uh, and and share whatever comments you got. It's it's a lot of fun. So please 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 uh, please join us there because um, we're there all the time, and we pop pop into other rooms. You do a talk, who knows? Um, if I recognize you, I'll come say hi. Let me know. DM me. Star Follow Rose me. You get my, slip into those DMs. Let me know where you are. And I'll, I'll comment and listen to your show. You make a show. I want to listen to somebody else. I'm tired of talking. No, I'm not. I love talking. No, you're, not. you're not. You're still going. You're definitely not tired. All right. Well, <laughs> um, no, because you made me work out and I got a, I got a towel I here. Isn't it nice? It is great. Um, so you ready for some news? I, of course. I mean, after the show today, I mean, please. Yeah, we're not breaking. We're not breaking, no, uh, breaking. anything about the Lincoln, you know, about, uh, you know, the Lincoln Project today. But... Um, I, if you don't know already, um, Disney makes movies and they've been making movies for years and they've been, you know, and they, they, they picked up a couple different IPs, um, this little thing called star something. And then, um, I think this, this thing with like this iron dude. Yeah. 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 They do. They do some random stuff. There's there's like a bunch of superhero stuff. Um, yeah. Marvel. Um, and, uh, and so they've been, they've got this movie that's been floating around a while. This is lady Scarlett Johansson. She plays this character, black widow. It was supposed to come out May of last year. Um, yours truly predicted that it would be delayed till June of that year. Uh, but, um, it is still delayed and it hasn't come out. And so they've been talking a lot, how it's going to come out 
in the theaters. That's only, the way we roll. Only, only in the theaters. theaters. It'll right. be beginning of May. It's going to kind of kick off the summer. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there was a, a little, uh, a, co- a couple comments by a man named Cliff Dorfman said, no, no way. It is not coming out that day and right. it will be released streaming to which uh, Disney replied to Cliff Dorf, all the Cliff Dorfman's out there. <laughs> but I, I, I expected to just our Cliff first that they, that's absolutely not true. It would, it's movie theater first. So um, it is with great um, with a tail between their legs. I'm sure that they're saying uh, mm-hmm. it has been pushed from May to July 9th and it will come out in theaters and day and date streaming just like uh, the rest of the movies. So it's right. doing exactly what you said. Day and date streaming. Yep. There it is. There it is. There it is. We knew it. We knew it. Listen, what, what sense does it make? It makes no sense. And by the way, now you've just delayed it for no reason. You could have done this a year ago. Right. Well, and now you almost like, I, I'm still not 100% sure why the July, I'm sure now they just have to set it. And there's a lot of things they got to do because mm-hmm. obviously when you make a deal with uh, these these uh, theaters and stuff, you probably, you know, put yourself into a little bit of jeopardy with them by changing it. You couldn't just do day and date on May. So they made probably made a move it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't know if you know how much about how much this, how the studio works, but do the, if you're doing, if you're Disney and you're doing something, do you have to like trade? Do you have to say, Hey, like I'm going to take black widow over here, but I'll put this in your theater. Or do you just kind of, Hey, Hey, Cinemark. Peace. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You have to trade. And also, you know, a lot of the times, at least before COVID studios, uh, you know, competing studios would talk and make, you know, truce agreements like, all right, we'll release this on this date. And then you do the next weekend. You know, they would try to not go up against each other. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, but the, but they have a pretty stringent contracts with these uh, studio, right. with these theater owners. And, right. you know, it's, it's the studio owners pay a lot of money. Uh, I'm sorry, the um, the theater owners. They pay a lot of, you know, the licensing and how they have Especially to get. Especially with Disney yeah. movies. And so that's yeah. one of the things I'm wondering if that's what they did. Because what I've read is that most most movies are like a 50-50 split. The movie theater and the and the and the um right. the production uh company get fifty basically fifty fifty. The studio and the but Disney movies are like a sixty forty right. or a seventy thirty yep. a lot of times favoring Disney, not favoring these people these that's owners, which is already tough because the you know, if you really think about it, your ten dollar ticket, you got five bucks and you know, Disney movies are three hours. So you gotta, you know, so I think that's one of the reasons uh Jojo Weinhardt made uh made uh Justice League like a quick 90 minutes when he did it was so he could just pit more people through that movie. So before yeah. they knew it was over, you can't do a uh Zack Snyder's version of every movie. You'd only have, you know, all the if everybody only played dances with wolves in their theaters, you'd only have, you know, six yeah, you movies can't do going the turnover. A, yeah. So um, I wonder a little bit if it's one of those things where they have to kind of say, hey, we'll, 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 we still will do it, but we're going to give you 50 or 60% the opposite direction to get these theaters to sign off on something like that. I feel like at this point, Disney has all the, the, the cards. I, I, don't, I don't feel like they're giving any breaks over there. No, you don't like, think so? We own the entire Marvel Universe. We have the entire Star Wars Universe. Um, you know what? We don't really need you. you know, right. It might cost less if you sue us. Right, right. You know, because suing us would put you out of business, most probably, and we're right. Good. We got plenty of money. Yeah, we'll just. Well, we got teams of lawyers mm-hmm. just sitting around picking their ass. Mm-hmm. You know, eating corn muffins. And they bill that they bill that ass picking by the by the five minute. It's weird. Oh yeah, it's no yeah. joke. And Disney's. Have like, you ever cool. read? Um, have you? you I'm, sure, you. I'm sure you've read Moby Dick, and it's just mostly about sailing stuff. And it's just like, and they tied this off, and all you have to. <laughs> If you ever read the firm, it's the same thing. It's just about billable hours. It's like ninety yeah. percent just how many hours he built that day. It's very, very dull. 
Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah the actual book. Uh, listen, I, I again, I, I feel like they wasted a lot of time. I feel like they 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 really messed with the uh, domino effect of the timeline. You know, with mm-hmm. the universe uh, by doing what they did. This could have been handled. This could it's have been like, handled. Yeah. It's, it's like the snap. We had to wait a couple of years. We all disappeared and all the Marvel movies just came back. So we're, we're in that kind of thing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, honestly, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because you got through this 10-year kind of story, 11-year story, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have broke it. And it feels a little bit, you know, I'm actually kind of, I'm not, I was not looking forward to Black Widow. I don't know no, if I am. Said this. No, you've said this from the beginning. You have not been looking forward. You didn't really care. You know, I've been looking forward to it much more than you, yeah. as we know. I'd you rather watch Shang-Chi. I'd rather watch Eternals. I'd rather watch a sequel to fucking Thor um, and Spider-Man than I would this. I don't care about this particular movie. This is, of all the ones to come out, this is the one I care least about seeing in the theater. This is the this is the Mulan of Marvel movies to me. You know, like, I give a shit. Put it on <laughs> premiere and don't hold everything up for this particular movie. I'm not 100% sure, but maybe that's because it's so great. I hope. I'm really, look, I, again, we go back to this thing that you're not a Scarlet fan, whereas I'm a huge Scarlet Johansson yeah. fan. Here, I'm so, going to do some um, Scarlet Johansson. Hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. Oh, wow. I'm going to kick your ass. I love her. Hi. I love her. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I love her. Oh yeah. She's, she's great. I love you too. This is, <laughs> Listen, I, uh, uh, is she your Luke Wilson? She's like sleeping through. Uh, is she your Luke yeah, Wilson? No, With that fine. raspy voice. She has a, it's like, yeah, yeah, but it's also, it's raspy. But it's like always low energy. <sighs> she's um, so good. The best uh, actors underact. Oh yeah. She's definitely underacts. <laughs> they so don't Ben Affleck it all over yeah, the screen. Like just napping. Just nap and just read along with the screen. Oh my God. Hello. I'm so Johansson. Did you hear this thing Ben Affleck did about the Yankees cap? He wouldn't wear it during Gone Girl. They shut down production. Oh, because he, he's a because he's a Red Sox fan? Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about the character. <laughs> he he just right. cares about his reputation in Boston. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, great, <laughs> I mean, so great he, dude. He's going to end up back there. Like, do you have you. you you, everybody knows this, the tragic tale of Philadelphia's finest fighter, Rocky Balboa, right? He goes, he fights, um, he, 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 he wins it for America, but then due to some shady deals from his, uh, from his accountant, manager. he ends up back home and having to, to train Tommy Gunn, who ends up dying of AIDS four or yeah. five years later in real life. But like he was rich. He had a robot. Polly had a robot. Everybody yeah. had a robot. Robot butlers were abound everywhere and then and then that stuff happens and then he has to move back to philly eventually starts a restaurant called uh, adrian's um and trains creed um and still works the restaurant he doesn't get rich off training the the world champ because why would he he yeah. just lives left his life in philly ben affleck may have a similar thing he might you know he hits he becomes <laughs> batman he saves the world from dark side and then eventually some business manager is going to tell him all his uh all his money that he thought he was investing in um in Dunkin' Donuts was actually Dogecoin and Donuts, and it's gonna crash, and he's gonna be back, and he's gonna be back there going. Well, at least I didn't change my hat, guys. Right. And they're like, they remember this him? Guy. Hey, this how you guy. like his apples? This it was like guy. that was my friend. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I was this. the guy that just picked him up and had a brother who masturbated into my baseball mitt. Um, <sighs> the worst, the worst. <sighs> but 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 yeah, okay. Anyway, what else? Do we have any other news? Um, we have, um, just a random thing. Um, cause I just, I love Nick Cage news, except this is probably not going to have Nick Cage in it. They are officially, um, 
rebooting uh, the National Treasure series as a 10 episode TV show uh, that will appear on Disney Plus. Um, with the producer will still be Jerry Bruckheimer. Um, and, uh, we'll be, we'll have the same writers, but it doesn't look like at least right now they have not announced Nick, um, in that role, um, that which, which could be his most, um, it's not maybe his most well-known role, but it's the last time I remember people taking him seriously. He was um, great in that. That's a great yeah. movie. National treasure, Diane oh, yeah. Kruger. I mean, that movie is great. I really love that movie. Did I tell you got um, into a, I, maybe I didn't cause I was feeling very moody and that was that weekend that we didn't talk as much, but uh, where I got into the, the cage hole and I watched like ghost rider and ghost rider two. And Ooh. then like every, I just like everything. I'm just watching every Nick cage movie down the line to just see how crazy it gets. Did you watch Willie's wonderland or whatever? Not, I, no, Willy's that's what Funland? I, cause do you know why? Because you know it's why? still $20. I know it's what still the $20. Fuck? If it was, if it was less than that, I would absolutely. What the um, fuck? What the actual fuck is it still being $20 for? Why are they still charging us $20? It's the only reason I haven't gotten it. If it was $4.99 or $6.99, oh, if it was yeah, $8.99. It was, it's a must-buy. $20 is just too much. $20 yeah. is just too much. Now, yeah. and this is coming from somebody. Tomorrow, Cliff Dorfman mm -hmm. and I are going to go see the new uh, uh, yeah. Bob Odenkirk movie. Can't wait. Uh, very oh excited. We got rented the theater because yeah. the theaters in LA are starting to open up, so there's a theater by my house does uh the, the 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 movie thing so which we're still just going to be me and you know it's still going to be just uh me and uh me and you um yeah. in that theater but it's called nobody and uh we're so we're going to spend the money you can bring 20 people i don't mind spending the money but i'm not that's nick cage is not a 20 dollar movie right yes now. that's you, that's the kind of thing where you know it's like it's like porn you just afterwards you're like what am i what did i do yeah. i spent i just spent 20 dollars on that it's not, it's not you're like, yeah you're like you're just I'm at the ashamed. hotel and you're like i'm making bad decisions today you're like all right i'm gonna rent this and you're like oh that was fine i've got 10 minutes of that i might as well rent last temptation of christ now because i gotta self-flagellate and i mean bad decision after bad decision bad yeah decision. i think 20 dollars is not oh. no you're right we'll spend the money no problem and by the way i'm very excited about going to see that me too i feel like me that movie's gonna be excellent it's gonna be a lot of fun um um, speaking of bad movies, one of the things I found out my daughter really likes, I didn't realize this until yesterday because um, she's done this a couple times, but she, you know, so she, um, she goes to her uncle's house. Um, he's part of our pod and um, watches movies and he's a big horror movie fan and he can get her to watch kind of supernatural stuff and uh, sci-fi that, mm -hmm. you know, generally she won't watch around the house because, you know, uncles, mm -hmm. um, but, but she will come home and they don't seldom are the shows that like the TV shows they watch are good. So they'll watch like breaking bad or, or uh, Battlestar Galactica, or they really like that supernatural show. They work it through doom patrol, all that stuff, mm -hmm. but they will also watch horror movies of his choice. And so they watched wrong turn. There's a new yeah wrong new turn. One. Yeah. And she hated it. She thought it was so stupid, but this is the second or third time. And I, and that's why I realized it's a thing. She tells me the entire plot from beginning to end. So she sits here and tells me how stupid the movie is by explaining the entire movie to me. I think and I just sit there and ask her thing. questions, but she just loves it. And I love listening to her tell me the, the plot lines to bad movies. Like this is why this person is stupid. And then this person did this. And then this guy joined the cult. And you know, this one's pregnant by this person. And Sounds this like thing I married in the dad, but like, and I was like, you hated it though. Right. So like, hated it. <laughs> I hated it. She's so I was like, passionate. <laughs> Nancy. Nancy, it's good to see you. I miss our days. But you know what? Our days will evolve. Um, it looks like, you know, we'll probably have to go back into exploring um, our new name again. 
um, because we're going to all be out of this. We won't necessarily be stuck at home. Um, I will be um, what you call uh, choosing to be home. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to leave again. The name might stick. The name might stick. Yeah. I'm going to go blast from the past style. I'm just going to go down into the hole and pretend and just live in my... uh, just living there for the next 50 years. Um, but that's my news for the day. I, I, okay. I mean, um, I'm going to take a minute. I, I'm going to take, take a minute. minute and talk about it. You know, I watched the end, all 10 uh, episodes of Servant season two. Did you, you made it all the way through? Well, yeah, because I started and I had already been latched in from season one, which was an excellent season. Agreed. And I don't know what, first of all, Lauren Ambrose is a good actor. I don't know who is directing her or what the fuck happened that she became like the overacting uh, queen of the universe. This yeah. is uh, the worst performance I've ever seen. First of all, with the, no motivation. And the only good performances are the other redhead from Harry Potter. He's, he's, a, he's a fucking fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. That guy. That guy's cool. awesome. Oh, and then Nell Tiger Free uh, is also great. Rupert Grant? Rupert Grant, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's like at that natural, he's almost like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. He's, you know, funny. He's edgy. He's, he feels like he could do anything, that guy. Yeah. Can, so, he, can he masturbate against the wall and then post a post, staple a postcard to it, though? That's uh, that's the scene I will always remember with, uh, with Philip. Philip, yeah, from Happiness. Oh, oh that movie. Todd Solance. Dude, fucking ruined my day. Somebody told me it was a comedy. <laughs> I took yeah. a girl on a date to that movie. Speaking. Who told you that? Oh, uh, my friend. He said it's really funny. He said it's a little awkward. And I was like, okay. But then I took it. I was like, oh, well, yeah. That's, first there's date. nothing. First funny date. About, oh, first oh, date. Not with Stephanie, obviously. No, no, no. Yeah, that could, <laughs> no, that, that, that relationship fast. ended right after that. Um, <laughs> and if you see that, he's like, oh yeah, this is funny. It was like it was like I heard great things. And like and tried and then I tried to convince her that it wasn't the worst thing that I've ever seen. About. Oh really? Not you the worst because it wasn't the worst thing, but it was just the most awkward time to watch it. Oh yeah, that movie is just is everything about that movie is yeah. disturbing and awkward and yeah. just. I'm going back to this. Um, yeah. uh, to to this. Yeah, Neil Tiger Free is great because yep. she plays such a like out of place character. She, you know, and then you're right, Lauren Ambrose. Like, I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back, but like, uh, you know, her role in Six Feet Under, and uh, she's great. You know, I I don't know her much from other stuff than that, but she is great. Yeah, she's not an over actor. This is what I'm saying. Something happened in the writing and the direction of season two. I don't know if they just gave it away. Uh, I noticed, I don't know if it's M. Knight's uh, sister. It's someone with the same Knight Shyamalan uh, last name who like they were letting write and direct uh, these episodes, which are horrendous. I mean, the, the there is no Helmer there. It feels like it's just gone off the rails. They're, 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 <sighs> the writing is atrocious and, and what i what i mean by that is i don't want to make a blanket statement of the writing is atrocious when you're writing these characters especially in a taut claustrophobic you know a psychological horror thriller right you have to have very 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 stringent motivations for these characters they have to be carefully calculated and worked through and if you're just letting them run all willy-nilly all over the place and say these lines that have no real connection into the, you know, let's say the heightened reality you've set inside this grounded, you know, it's like you're dealing with the heightened reality of supernatural and cults and, you know, resurrection. And yet you're dealing in this grounded reality of a family that's stuck inside, really, and uh, trying to deal with the loss of a child. And that was what they did so well in the first season. It was carefully crafted. In this season, it was like everything she did felt like no one would put up with this. 
And then they are all putting up with it. No one's noticing the drug use. No one's the, the, the character uh, of the guy from Harry Potter. Uh, his girlfriend disappears halfway through. They don't explain why. I mean, the, I can't even get it, it. Listen, it's not Wonder Woman 84, but it is pretty much shite. And mm. I'm very, very disappointed at, at how because Apple TV usually, you know, they're pretty good. Yeah, but I, um, I don't know. There's no. So I, I'm just curious. Has uh, M Night ever uh, let you down before? <laughs> I mean, um, did you you didn't watch The Happening or uh, Lady uh, of the Lake? Lady of the Lake. Oh God, that movie's so bad. Um, yeah. You know, Signs. I don't care what anybody says. Signs was bad. Signs is terrible. Uh, signs is terrible. But the one, the one that I, you know, actually the thing that actually made me like kind of get back into it was that mo- movie, The Visit. Oh, oh, the split was good. I love the visit yeah. too. And I used to run around like, did you ever like, it's like these two, uh, this girl, this, uh, this brother and sister that go visit their, their grandparents and they act really weird. Um, and the then grandma like, was great. Oh, she's great. And, oh, but I would just like for a up. while, this was, we, Sarah and I watched, this is one of those movies she watched with me and she really mm-hmm. loved it. But, um, I would run up and down the hallway and scratch on her door like all the time until she, <laughs> <laughs> she gets so bad. <laughs> mostly, oh. mostly Sarah, um, Mostly, uh, Sarah would just get mad at me about it, uh, uh, but or That's my wife would get mad at me about it. But we'd love it. Um, yeah, let's do this real quick. I okay. um, I wanted to bring this movie up uh, a little bit already. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but Kid Ninety, Soleil's movie. Yeah, I haven't had the uh, fortitude to to dig into watching Soleil be cool. Yeah, like, it's you know, not. A, I mean, I don't know any of these people, but it's people you know. Right? I know, I know. That's uh, why it's hard. And that's for me my, to watch. why I think it might be a little bit harder for you because yeah. this is this is some of the people I've met through you mm-hmm. are all a part of this story. Um, but I thought it was captivating. I mean, I hear it's great. She, she videotaped all that stuff. Uh, I think it'd be weirder if those were you know, friends of mine um, because it is a very interesting time. Yeah, it is, and I think you know. It's I don't know that I really want. Listen, here's the thing. Soleil is not only a wonderful person, she's an incredibly talented human being. So there's no way this movie isn't good. I'm saying that she's, first of all, she's very cool. She knows everybody. Like people that you would not think she knows, like, you know, whether it's Sean Penn or, she knows everybody. Well, I didn't even realize, you know, in my own head, like, you know, Stephen Dorff. I we, I know he's younger, and I know that, but I didn't think of Stephen Dorff as a kid back in this time. So she's saying yeah. that with Stephen and Mark Paul Gosler and all these oh. people, you know, it's River all, Phoenix. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, like people who shaped a real portion of cinema, and you know, in a certain era. So, and for me, it's it's a lot of where I came up from. So it's a little hard for me to watch, but I bet it's awesome. I know, like Davy said, it was great. Like everybody loves it. Uh, I I just don't know if I want to go back there. Yeah, yeah Davy's yeah. in it too. I for yeah, forgot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's uh, listen. It's gotten great reviews from what I hear. Is this oh, it's true? great? It's really yeah. good. I wanted to bring it up a couple of weeks ago, and I it kind of just everything else that's been going on with uh, uh, with Disney. Yeah. Kid 90, though, I, it's Hulu. Yeah, listen, I hear it's fantastic. And by the way, if Soleil made it, it's going to be good. I'm just yeah. telling you. She's she's a special kind of talent. As long as she made it and she's not starring in it on Peacock. Yeah, no, that idea. Did that, did that, did that happen? Is that out already? Is it over? <laughs> no bueno? <sighs> I don't want to say anything because Soleil is, like, when she's directing stuff, it's great. Um, yeah. That is not, that is not the show for, I don't think, uh, uh, I don't think that's the show for any of our stuck at homies. <laughs> and yeah. if there's a stuck at homie out there that wants to defend it, I will talk to you on stereo and we'll, we'll have that conversation. 
All right. So I see that we went over today. Yeah, we which did is, a little bit. Uh, what a great show. Okay, so then I'm going to sign us off. You good with that, Jason Smith? Do it. All right, everybody, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Take care. Take care.